The French have an almost unpronounceable term that refers to the highly realistic optical illusion of 3D space and objects on a 2D surface. It tricks the viewer of a painting into perceiving painted objects or spaces as real. What's the term? Trompe l'œil. In this episode, 2242, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG pros, won't be speaking French, but they'll be answering the commonly asked question, what is digital 3D painting? On the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, it's great to have you. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, we'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Lauren J. from Calabasas, California. And Lauren asks, what is digital 3D painting? And by the end of our lively, lively discussion today, you'll learn a little bit of history about uh, digital 3D painting and how it's changed over the years, as well as some of the uh, top software programs being used today to create this kind of amazing uh, digital art. Uh, also, be sure to stay to the end of the podcast because we will be showing you some really cool examples of some of our favorite digital 3D painted characters. I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision and Sony Computer Entertainment and Bungie, just to name a couple. And we are grateful to be your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston, and I am also a veteran uh, professional CG artist uh, and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. Uh, today, I am currently a full-time animation director. So, a great question, Lauren. Uh, you want to get started on a little bit of uh, history of that, or do you want me to start? Well, you know, if you're an artist... Uh, or you like to dabble in art or do any kind of artistic endeavors, you probably tried like me. to, you know, exactly like both of us, you know, tried to paint a picture at some point in your life. Uh, if it was uh, something as simple as maybe finger painting as a child or as an adult, I did, I did that just last week. Uh, oh. We're all pretty familiar with uh, the process, of basically how painting works. You know, you get a, get a brush, you dip it in some colored liquid or some kind of pasty stuff and, and you wipe or smear it across a piece of, or toss it on there. I mean, there's, there's a, what is that, Pol uh, Pollock? Is that Pollock. Pollock, yeah. So okay. he just throws it. Anyway, you just uh, throw it onto a piece of canvas or paper and voila, you're painting. Um, and of course, after creating your masterpiece, there's always that, uh, you know, fun stuff of cleaning up and the mess and getting, getting it out of your clothes that, that, you, that gets on you and, and all the rest of the stuff. But have you ever thought to yourself how cool it would be if you could somehow use the computer to paint instead. Just think about that, no mess. Um, but there is a way to paint actually, and it's painting in 3D and it's more fun and intuitive than you know a lot of people think. And there's some really great tools out there if you don't know about them uh, to help you begin uh, 3D painting. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, let's go ahead and, and, and maybe talk about some of the background and history, Sean. Cool, well, let me correct myself, it's Jackson Pollock. So uh, yes, well, I, I you know I went back and I'm trying to go back in my brain of when, when I first started thinking about, you know, painting in 3D. Um, and so I, I looked and yes, there's lots of, uh, we're not talking about painting on sidewalks and, you know, making 3D painting that way. But uh, the as far as CGI is concerned. That's, a, that's anamorphic painting. I oh, yes. yes. Well, the beginning is, it really kind of comes back to what we always seem to come back to is, is either Terminator 2 or Jurassic Park, right? Um, the, the, the technology that ILM was using at that time was, um, a, a, uh, kind of rudimentary, but powerful at the time, uh, a program called ViewPaint, And it was, it was allowing artists at that time who worked on Jurassic Park to get the, the uh, high res textures on their, 
uh, dinosaurs. Um, well, I, to take it back, it's actually, it wasn't really a true 3D paint. It, it basically, it wouldn't really paint in the 3D viewport of your computer, but uh, it, would, it would basically uh, bring the model into 3D and then you could paint in a particular 2D view and then you could spin your model and do a lock and then you could freely paint in 2D and you'd see it uh, update. Um, it was, I know when they're saving it at that time, it took a long, you know, it seemed like a long time they said to save the actual stuff. But today we've got the ability to do it actually in the camera viewport of your computer program. Um, and yes, that's, and I, I'll say you have to expand what your idea is of the word, the very word painting because yes. in, in, in 3d, you can do there, you can paint all sorts of things, not just with, not just paint. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, thinking back to, you know, Corel painter, for example, or fractal design painter back in the early nineties, you know, you're using those raster based mm -hmm. digital, um, applications to, to just paint in 2d, right. And so you, so once you had the 3D character, let's say a 3D model or something that you wanted to paint, um, you couldn't really do it. Um, in fact, uh, it was it was frustrating because you wanted to be able to do that. And then there, and for, when we say when we say paint, we're talking about texturing, right? Texturing and shading, right? Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, texturing, I guess you could say. But I mean, what what happens if you just want to use a? Well, today there's got you know Paint 3D for Windows, which comes with Windows 10. Oh, All you do is you paint, like say you have a, your, your mouse and you just put the mouse cursor over the object on the left-hand side of it or on the top of it. And you start moving your mouse around with the, you know, with the left mouse button, you're painting a color mm -hmm. or you're painting, you know, um, a, a, or putting a decal on it or something like that. The, those are types of painting on something, but uh, you're right. I mean, you'd want to be painting with textures because a lot of, of software programs now, at least now they're so amazing. You're, you're painting with with all sorts of textures, um, you know, rocks or metal or skin textures, you know, bump and all these other different things we'll get into. But yeah, I agree with you. It's, I mean, it's pretty. Well, yes, in the, in the early days, they they didn't. Well, I mean, you, you could even do more than that. I mean, that's why I wanted to kind of put the caveat out there that there's there's so many ways to do 3D painting in in 3D. Uh, so many ways to actually apply it, the, the techniques of 3D painting. And one of the early th things in the early days when, you know, we it was very hard to texture, you know, models and, and create things that one of the early uses for uh, 3d renders was to, to do paint overs, which is was not technically 3d, but it's a, it's a, it was kind of the precursor to kind of what we do. And that was used to, to do some matte paintings. And here's an example of, you know, doing, using some grayscale renders and then do, just doing paint overs in Photoshop to kind of create background uh, matte paintings for, and they, and they use this technique a lot to, to, uh, create the early anime and they still use this technique for doing a, a lot of anime uh, uh, backgrounds and, and sets uh, for animation today. Yeah. I mean, you think, you think about it this way too. You're looking at something that's, it's a 2d plane on your computer screen, right? But it's, it's really a three dimensional looking object that, which is in 2d. So it's not really 3d in the sense that you, Obviously, it's not in real life. It's but but it fools you into thinking because it's visually looks like it's three D, almost like you would go to a sidewalk and you'd see a three D painted, you know, hole or something that somebody does. It's it's a it's, he's painting on a two D plane, but with textures and with shadowing and with lighting, you're making it look like it's three D and it's really there. 
And that's have what you seen, comp- have you seen those rugs on Amazon that, that they're holes and you're they, they, there's videos where the cats are walking up to it and they think they're going to fall in the hole. It looks- oh no, no, I'd love <laughs> to see that. Did you get it? Do you have a video of that you can show us? I don't have that. Oh, oh. Well, anyway, yeah. So, so that's really it's kind of fooling your your mind. I mean, it's, it's funny because I think sometimes when I'm working in 3D, Bill. Um, I have a tendency to think it's real, and I think I may have said this at one time. Um, I'm, let's say I'm I'm sculpting something in 3D. I'm just going to do a little. Um, I'm going to deviate from what we're talking about. I'm sculpting, let's say, something in in ZBrush, for example, um, which is a program that allows you to sculpt just like you would in real life. And so you're seeing this thing that's represented like it's so realistic that you're going, "Wow, I'm really actually doing something." So then you you're you're sculpting this cool thing, and you have these really amazing undos and all that. But then you're working on a, on a real model at your house or working around your house and you've got your Dremel out and you're trying, you're trying to do something. All of a sudden you do it too deep and you're like, Oh man, you just sit there and you look at it for a second and you go, I, 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 there's no undo. I just destroyed this. And it's, <laughs> it, it, it's because you're, you're, we're so ingrained and connected to the computer that you feel, um, you know, that, that it's, it's real. And so you've got your mind, over time, you, you know, you've got your repetition and you're, uh, you're just so used to that. And so that's, it's shocking sometimes in real life when you destroy something that you're working on, like woodworking or something, and you're like, oh, there's no undo. Yes. And that's one of the real powers of, of doing uh, your stuff in 3D. There's, uh, you can, and you know, especially for those of us who aren't real handy with art. Well, I won't, I'm not talking about myself, but there's a lot of people who aren't <laughs> real handy or can't draw very well and may, may not be good at modeling or something, uh, you know. But you can make the most basic of 3D models and set up your scene and place your lights and camera. And, and then you just fill out with details mm-hmm. over the top of it in Photoshop. And this is, this is one way for you know, people to express their creativity. Even if you're not a great 3D modeler, and, or you're not a, you know, you, but you do have you know, traditional art skills or you know how to use Photoshop, it's a great uh, way to, to really do some basic grayscale work with the, and you don't even, you can get your models from anywhere. Here's a great example uh, uh, from uh, Irina Smitkova. Where she just she just had some mashups and she put some simple geometry together and then she worked on it in Photoshop and, and came out with a, just a beautiful and they use this all the time in in movies. Uh, here's another they great do. one uh, from Lewis Moorhead. So so he had a, some 3D headphones and he came up with this idea to make this really stunning uh, headphone tree. Uh, just really just awesome creative art. I did the same thing. I did something very very similar to what you're saying. Is I I modeled a a dragon choker for. Um, one of the uh, card games uh, that we did at, uh, on EverQuest. And uh, it was, you know, I, used, uh, and it, I basically used Photoshop, brought the 3D object into it, and then just added a bunch of noise to it and, you know, painted on top of it. So it looked 3D, added some lighting. Um, so I did something very, very similar to that. It's, it's, uh, it's a great, it's, it, it's, uh, it's freeing. It's, it's uh, being in the computer, you know, having that non-destructive editing edibility, edibility <laughs> um, uh, is really powerful, and it's and it's uh, it gives you this uh, this interesting um, feeling while you're doing it. You know, just this power. You know, not in a bad yes. sense, of course. But yeah, in, in the first most, then the, op- the most obvious way to to use three D painting on the computer is just actually what we talked about is painting straight onto a uh, you know uh, some material or texture straight onto the model, and it's it's basically similar to it's just like Photoshop except it's in kind of like three D. Uh, but it does require some knowledge of texturing and working with three D programs and stuff like that. But I think the main advantage of using a 3D uh, painting tool to, to color and texture your 3D models over 2D, say, 
methods, which, you know, is like Photoshop and stuff like that, or even, hand, you know, doing it by hand is the, the cool thing about 3D painting is you, you can actually see what you're doing. I, I think this is the, the, at least for me, I'm a visual kind of person and seeing how, how what you're doing affects the, what you're doing in the 3D, in the 3D realm, in the 3D environment. And, you know, if you if you're trying to texture something or paint on something and traditionally what you have to do is you know you know that texturing your model is, is probably you know is probably one of the most important steps in making it look real so you want your textures to look good and this is a real challenge to do it in 2d sean i uh, you know yeah there's so many different layers that go into it uh, it's just some more it's more intuitive to be able to select your layers and paint them straight straight away in, in 3d because what you see is what you get i think is what i'm trying to say yeah i, I mean you have to obviously you have the uh, uv map it and then you have to unwrap it and so you have to you know, make sure that the when you're painting textures on there, they're not smearing and they're not uh, uniform across the the 3D model that you're you're doing it. But just to go and back, you, ha quick, you have to relate. You have to relate that 2D image to your 3D model, and it doesn't necessarily translate. You know, for for a lot of people, it's that's just, true. It's not intuitive. You know. No, I agree. I mean, just going back to I mentioned ZBrush. Just just I was just poking around and going back to the Wayback Machine and looking at the first ZBrush that came out right around I don't know around the 2000s. Um, this particular, this is like the first version of, of, of ZBrush and I was looking at this model and, uh, you know, the, the, it's interesting, the little snake skin that she's got on her, her vest or her jacket or whatever. Um, and, but the face looks very, very CG, you know, not very realistic and, and, and same, same for the Z man that they did. That was a Z woman, but the Z man, this is what, uh, the, the beginnings when we first started seeing, you could actually sculpt too in 3d. Um, where you're painting all the lines and all the, um, you know, you're, you're sculpting it almost like you would in, uh, in real life. But then you use other programs on top of that to, to color them and to add color and, and um, you know, things like that on top of that. But then you go back to, you go to 2005. So that was 2000, 2005. I saw, when I first saw this, because uh, I saw ZBrush and I'm like, wow, what is that? But I never really got into it until I saw this image. I'm like, wow, look at the detail in the and the sculpt of that, that they painted those those muscles on this this particular character. Um, I thought that was amazing compared to today. ZBrush, obviously, I mean, you're looking at they probably brought it into another program like uh, Substance or you know 3D Code or something like that. But these these are just today. I mean, anything you want to make, you can do it in the computer if I'm giving enough time, you can do it. Yes, so 3D painting software basically lets not only add color and texture, as, uh, but it, it allows you to kind of paint influences for animation as well as add physical detail, like you know what you're showing in, in ZBrush and, and other programs do that um, to your 3D objects. And you can basically, you know, you can create them entirely from scratch and sculpt them from just a simple sphere uh, with some of these tools. It's, it's pretty amazing stuff. And we'll in a future podcast, we're going to go into to exactly how some of these models are actually sculpted uh, into more detail. Uh, but Sean, you, you, you use 3D painting um, in a pretty specific way in animation on your characters, don't you, to paint, paint weights, right? Yeah, when you're weighting a character and you're, you're basically assigning the vertex weights to particular bones influence uh, or, you know, on that particular uh, part of the body. So you're painting using, uh, you know, in, in Maya, for example, that's what I would be using. And you're just painting the weights and how they are distributed along... Um, you know, it's influenced by a particular bone in the arm, the legs, the hands, the face, you know, all those things. And so that's what you're doing. You're, you're basically painting the, the amount of influence that that vert uh, is being acted upon by um, where you're allowing to, from that particular bone, basically. So when, it, when you move your arm up, that, the verts, uh, vertices on that mesh 
uh, above the arm are going to move um, correctly. And so that's you're using a 3D paint there. But I mean, um, you know, it's fun. I don't remember when the first time I was able to actually paint weights because I remember Bones Pro back in the day. It uh, you could do it basically by entering in in numbers, and so you would. There wasn't really a way to paint, and I'm trying to remember when. That must have been in the the early 2000s to, to mid 2000s when you were actually had the ability to paint in the viewport, right? Yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because I know that Substance Painter came out in 2003, and so you know, painting those kind of textures. I think before that, you may have had body paint. We were using it at the, one of our studios, but it wasn't, not a lot of people were using it. They're still going, you know, they would export their UV maps and then paint everything in Photoshop and then put those back in and, and see it. There was no like real time painting in your viewport um, until just, you know, in the mid 2000s. Yes. And these, the, you know, painting software is mostly used by, by uh, animators and graphic designers and folks like us in the gaming industry and, it's used for for you know games and movies and other kinds of media as well as uh, just doing 3D rendered stills uh, that we've talked about in the past and uh, you know these 3D painting tools they're they're included in a lot of uh, the higher end 3D modeling package uh, packages Sean I don't th- I don't think the, the the lower you know I don't think the lower end ones have well I mean there is there is the ability to like for example in Maya you can paint in it um, but it's it's rudimentary you're not going to be really using that as a professional uh, using that particular package because it's not, I mean, it is integrated. They have it integrated with like uh, substance painter and things like that. And unreal, you can do the same thing. Um, but, but those are the, those are the programs specifically made to texture, to paint on top of your, your, your objects or your models is it would so, be yeah, that. Why don't we go ahead and uh, talk about a few of those programs you had mentioned, uh, you know, deep paint or and, well, substance or, painter. Substance um, painter. Yeah, you showed a little bit of there. This is this is a, a substance painter where this particular um, is actually on their website on YouTube, where you've got all these textures and 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 you have you use layer masks very similar to Photoshop. Um, you you're layering and then you can have these grunge maps that actually um, they add noise to it. Um, they can actually uh, have attributes within each one of the shaders that they put on here to actually expand or contract um, grunge to the edges of your, of your basically your UV mapped character or this particular robot in this case. And so you can get these elaborate procedurally made textures that you can just adjust to the nth degree and make them super, super complex. Um, th- I, this is the power that we can do today. I mean, I was using a thing called Symbiont back in the day in 3D Studio Max to do a lot of procedural textures on, on models and things that I was doing at that time. And that was in the early 2000s. Um, but this today, doing this and, and seeing it in real time where you're just, you're just dragging the slider and seeing how it affects everything in the, in the viewport is, I mean, you guys are lucky today. People out there are so lucky. It's amazing. Yes, but, and that's what I was talking about. Is is that three D painting allows you to visualize it in real time, or at least quote real time? It depends on your no, it is really, it is. But yeah, and I, I think uh, one of the uh, you know important things also. Well, because Sean, listen, you, without looking at it, okay, <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to go through different processes to actually see your your stuff. I mean, you'd you'd have to first you know go into your two D software. You'd have to manip- manipulate your image. You'd have to export that and save it out, and then load that into your three D software. Apply you know make sure right. your materials applied to your model, and then view it there. And you'd have to you'd have to do that dozens and dozens of times each time to see 
the updated change. It's really time consuming. It's really difficult. It's, it's, it's really frustrating uh, to, to use, to do that type of workflow. And this 3D texture painting workflow eliminates it all. And you can see, it's just, you just paint right on the model. You add freckles, you use, you can, and it's a symmetry tool too, as well. So you can paint, you know, you can paint symmetrically across your object. You can basically pull in any types of materials you want, adjust them, the height, the, and what's really cool about this is, and we covered this a little bit in our last podcast about procedural animation. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to, it's, this actually uses proceduralism to adjust the materials on the fly. You can apply your materials, use the procedural uh, sliders to add grunge and dirt and 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 all sorts of uh, decals, if you will. And and it's a very powerful, powerful, you know, workflow. And it's just re it's really become the standard. Yeah, it really has. It's 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 um, endless and it's uh, infinite. I should say it. You can do anything you want texturally today. Uh, and painting wise for for your computer uh, models and things that you want to do and then you can kind of I don't know how good it is to to print from those though you know what I mean so um, anyway so let me show you just a little bit of, of some of the other other things um, so Maxon body paint I mentioned that that was one of our first ones um, and, and a lot of this program like here for example um, Mari from the foundry this particular um, uh, software packages, a lot of these were developed out of movies. And so a lot of these geniuses that are working on these movies that are programmers um, will will have these little tools internally. And those are actually become, you know, uh, professional 3D packages that that consumers can use. Um, it, so, yeah, I mean, Mary, I believe, uh, was on Avatar and District 9. And um, so it was developed originally out of the Weta Digital um, uh, studio. So... You can now use those. It's it's beautiful. Look at that. That is that, that's amazing stuff. It really is nice. Should you know, we show some of our coolest stuff? Well, I was going to say. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's cool stuff. I I was I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean I, we've kind of been showing showing some of it. Do you have some more you want to show? Well, yeah. I just well, I mean I wanted to show some of my favorite um, my favorite characters. I mean this particular things. Uh, for example, this one here for for um, anybody who doesn't know, it's a demo ah, nice. demo Gorgon from Stranger Things. But they used this, they used um, a 3D package to do that, and they painted the textures on that. Um, and then this one's really really cool. Oh, let me just show you Fantastic Four. I, I thought that was amazing. Here's the original model, and then look at the detail when they bring this in and they actually texture paint it. And this is from Aaron Sims Creative. They they do so many um, concepts for movies that you you may not even know. But check this out. This is a, a really cool um, designing a spider creature. And so, like you showed earlier, where you're actually painting the lines and the in the all of the folds of this particular um, bump of this particular creature, which is just like a spider creature. And it's very very quick. And I just want to show you how they they texture it as well at the very very end, so you can kind of see a UV map of the actual texture of the, the object. Or the, or the spider, and then they they go right into Unreal and using sequencer, and they and they make this um, this thing animate. And, and look at this last scene here, where it shows a close up of the face. That this is an, an Unreal in real time, and and it's it's rendering this. Watch this last scene. Look at the detail and the cavity of all the shadows in there. It's just beautiful. Oh man, so cool. What you can do today. Did yes, I just want to make sure that we mention a little bit about. Uh, basically getting uh, oh. VR into the mix as well. There's This is uh, some VR paint work that's that's uh, being done. You can do some, actually, you put on your, your, your goggles and you can go into a virtual reality uh, realm and do some painting. It's a pretty amazing thing. This is what we're watching here, I think is Google Tilt. Uh, there's also different 
uh, applications that you can use that uh, for you just basically paint in VR. You get your canvas and you get your paint and you select your your virtual brush and your virtual you know you can paint in watercolor. You can spray paint. You can you can oil paint. You can do all sorts of things. Mix your colors. Uh, but basically, it's all, uh, you know, choose the different brushes and, and come up with some amazing uh, brushes of your own. You can see that little swirly brush. But those are all kind of creative things you can you can do within these virtual reality worlds. And I mean, there's there's Quill, which is an amazing painting and animation tool that you need to uh, check out as well. Um, and others, other, others Vermil there's Vermilion. Uh, Sean, you mentioned Microsoft Paint, which is a pretty darn cool thing. And, yeah, 3D uh, Paint. And, and definitely check out Anim VR on Steam because you can really make some... Gosh, I wish I had. Uh, oh, I do have it here. Let me. Let me yeah, there's also you. you know, KeyShot is another another package you can get too. But a lot of a lot of these, uh, I would say, Substance Painter is number one, three um, D code, and there's also some open source stuff um, you can find out there as well. Um, so just take a look, do some searching. You can find some. Uh, hopefully, I can find some, and, and I'll let you know about it as well in in future podcasts. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we just want you to know that uh, we appreciate you listening to our podcast today. Um, we want to know that we do them just for you, and we appreciate you being part of it. And uh, We had a great time answering Lauren's question, what is digital 3D painting? And we hope that you learned something that you didn't know along the way, because as you probably know by now, we uh, it's our philosophy anyway that, that we think you should learn something new uh, every time we have a podcast, and that's what we're endeavoring to do here today, and we enjoyed our conversation. hope you did, too. And if you did, share it with your friends. Hit that like button, too, because it helps YouTube find other people uh, that are interested in CGI and VFX-related uh, stuff that we talk about here on the Insider Podcast. Yeah, and, and, and hit that bell, too, right, to be notified. Also, uh, be sure, if you you know if you have a subject you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, let us know about it. We really appreciate it if you could do that. Uh, just shoot over to the website, that's the cgbros.com, to the About Us tab, and then click on the Ask Us Anything uh, drop down just like Lauren did. Um, we're always looking to improve our podcasts and we would like to know what you think. So please leave us a comment below. And if you do, there are no guarantees. We may even read it uh, during one of our future podcasts. And just in case you didn't know, we bring a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as uh, other related and interesting topics. Also, in case you didn't know, uh, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel, the CG Bros YouTube channel on YouTube. Uh, it's your front row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI short film entertainment. And uh, the shorts are created by some of the most talented new media producers out there, and as well as some VFX studios that are producing some pretty great work. We have them featured as well, as well as some great VFX breakdowns and behind the scenes and making ofs if you're into that. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. Uh, this is really going to be tasty. How is food animated using CGI? I love that. By the way, Armor Coat is the software I'm talking about that's open source. Go check it out. We'll see you here next week. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what is digital 3D painting? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell. So you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. 
Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is food animated in CGI? This has been episode 2242 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.